Welcome to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. Q is about conversation. If we're really concerned about ending poverty, we've got to be more concerned about creating justice. Our cultural products as Christians need to both defy and resonate with the culture. And God's doing amazing things. His church is expanding. His church is growing. It's not what's the purpose of my life. It's what is the purpose that's been assigned. Stay curious. Think well. Advance good. This is Q. How do we redeem the smartphone uh, for good? How do we, instead of uh, being kind of manipulated by AI that wants to shop or, or click or do these sorts of things, how do we make our community uh, our AI in a sense, reaching out to us, us reaching out to them? Happy New Year, and thanks again for joining us for Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons on Faith Radio. I'm Paul Perot with Gabe, who will join us in just a moment. First, though, okay, admit it. You struggle with your smartphone. I know I do. With it, you're almost always connected. You always feel the pull to check out your emails, and if you're not looking at other social media posts, you're looking at the responses to your posts. It can feed a lot of bad habits, but what if your phone could be a medium for helping to cultivate good habits and practices? That's the topic of this week's show. First, though, it's hard to believe, but we're in the roaring 20s. Although for some, roaring isn't so much talking about an economic boom. It's more of a matter of our level of dialogue with those we disagree with, both inside and outside our home, churches and circle of friends and others. And the fact that it's an election year only heightens the issue. Amid all this roaring, a lot of important issues do not get addressed. And more importantly, a lot of people are hurt or fall through the cracks. Are there ways for us as Christians to think better, to act better, and to work for the common good? Well, that's what Q2020 seeks to help facilitate. Q2020 is the annual Q Conference in Nashville. This April 22nd through the 24th, join Gabe and Rebecca Lyons and the rest of the Q team for a time of great talks from thought leaders like David French, Justin Gibney, Michael Ware, Preston Sprinkle, Nancy Alcorn, and others. But, it's you know, it's not just a time of listening. There are also times to interact with the speakers. There's curated events and also the time to interact with fellow attendees who, like you, seek to stay curious, think well, and advance good. And while attending yourself is good, what makes the event more powerful is if you can bring others along with you from your business or ministry to experience the discussions and the talks together. Visit QIdeas.org. See the growing list of speakers and topics and all that Q2020 has to offer. You can even register yourself and any of your guests as well. Again, that's QIdeas.org slash 2020. Let's get ready for today's talk on Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. As we mentioned at the start of the show, our cell phones are very addictive. According to a study by the research firm Dscout, the average cell phone user touches their phone 2,617 times per day. For extreme users, it can be more than 5,400 times a day. 
Now, Gabe, you and I are iPhone users. We know the pull to check the text, the emails, to browse the news and such. The reality is the smartphone isn't going away anytime soon. So that's why I'm excited to hear our featured discussion this week. Gabe, tell us about your guest. I'm talking with Alex Lurza. He's the founder of Our Tribe. And if you've never heard of Our Tribe, it's probably one of the most innovative tools to help people pursue counseling, recovery, coaching, and all from their phone. So we talk a lot around here about technology, the way it's changing our lives, the way smartphones can sometimes distract us. What I love about what Alex has done is he's flipping that on its head and using the phone for good and helping people really work through the trauma, the the counseling, the issues that all of us have, but sometimes we can't access it either because of affordability or limited time, or we just don't know where to start. And today you're going to discover the whole vision behind how you can get involved and how you can receive the kind of help you need, even at no cost. If you stay tuned at the end of this podcast, you'll hear a special offer we're making available where every single one of you can have a free 30-minute session with a counselor from our tribe. So listen in now for my discussion with Alex. So Alex, before we jump into the depths of the way your work is helping to me just be such an incredible solution to some of the challenges that the world of technology is creating for all of us, tell us a little bit about your background and then I want to get into just some of your perspective on technology. Sure, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, I, I think the important things about my background and form this technology conversation is I sit on that digital native digital immigrant divide uh, for when I was born. Um, and so I feel like, you know, I've understood that as God calling me to try to translate in some ways between the generations. I think also just other aspects of my background uh, that are important is, you know, being a, a marriage family therapist. By training, and also I was in uh, campus ministry for six years, and so uh, I care a lot about how we um, pursue transformation from a mental health perspective, from a wellness perspective, and how we understand it. You know, how does our theology intersect with what we're understanding in, in terms of science yeah. in that arena? And also, I have just a big heart for Christian leaders because you know I was in that pedestal position and. And it's a it's a hard place to actually pursue transformation personally sometimes. So so it's a little bit of what uh, my background and my passion. Yeah, and I love that. I mean, part of the Q audience here is is really set on trying to think well about these topics and issues. Many are leaders. Many are dealing with the pressures of trying to keep up with innovation, but also help mm-hmm. themselves and help people better navigate the tensions that come with that. And so it's not it's not always that easy. You know, we all have these smartphones in our hands now, which, you know, as Kevin Kelly, who co-founded Wired Magazine, described, you know, it's it's crazy. We have in the palm of our hand 5,000 plus years of just human innovation, every kind of invention that's ever been made possible throughout history now sits in the palm of our fingertips. We know that we touch these phones 2,617 times a day, so this technology is here, but what do you what do you feel like we're not even understanding at this point in history about this kind of technology? Yeah, I think the thing that we don't understand is that uh, we are powerless uh, when it comes to our relationship with a smartphone, uh, and that word may just already cause people to want to shut off this uh, interview. <laughs> no, I, I think uh, I'm more I interested don't... now. I mean, come on, what do you what do you mean powerless? Um. 
Well, it's funny that the kind of the quote that that helps I think people understand this is uh, the famous Kaiser Soze from The Usual Suspects said, you know, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was making the world believe he didn't exist. Um, and I think it's similar with Silicon Valley. You know, it, the smartphone is this incredible contribution and gift, but really the greatest feat is that these companies have made us believe that we are in control like of the smartphone rather than the other way around. And in that sense, I mean, we feel like we're in control yet there's some puppet strings maybe being pulled a little bit that are making us respond, react, start to live in certain ways because of this technology. When you think about it though, how do you see this playing out? On kind of more of this kind of powerless side, you know, what a lot of people don't understand is that they have behavioral specialists uh, who basically run, you know, thousands of experiments um, a minute, a day uh, to really understand how to manipulate our behavior. Uh, these are called A-B tests. And so it's out of these A-B tests, you know, where you present one thing to one group, another thing to another group. And if you notice that this group decides to make this choice, then now you change the smartphone, you've changed the service, you've changed the app because you have evidence to say that this will control or elicit this human response. And so that's, that's kind of the secret sauce actually behind all of these um, apps is that it, it is really behavioral science, uh, whether it's uh, continuous scroll, uh, which was added, or the like button, or those red badges on apps that tell you there's something there. We we kind of just relate to those like they've always been there, and it makes sense that they're there, but those actually came out of scientific yeah. rigor uh, that would change people's behavior so that they would touch the phone that 2,000-plus times. Yeah, and, and it seems like most people don't quite realize that attention spent on our phone equals dollars, right? I mean, these companies are making money off of our attention. And you talk about the, you know, just the way these features just show up. I mean, I think about Netflix right now. When I go to Netflix, it just starts playing for me like some show that I don't even care about. I don't want to necessarily see. It might not be appropriate for a young child to even hear the beginning of a conversation that they're just literally auto loading now and trying to play in an effort to just get you bought in. And so you're right. We don't think about it. We think it's, Oh, this is good service, good marketing, good branding, interesting, but we're not realizing behind that there's a manipulation happening and we're kind of, oh, yeah. we're kind of the ones being played. Yeah. And, and it's, it's scary. Even if you could walk away from this conversation and be like, okay, I know that, you know, there's these different mechanisms uh, which have been proven to control or change uh, human behavior, but that's not enough. It's not just to say, I understand this is happening. It's a deeper thing to admit uh, I am actually powerless. If I expose myself to this, I will lose my power to choose. I will lose my freedom. I will lose my perspective. And so I think that is really the deep wrestling that I think needs to happen uh, for this generation. Yeah. And, and in your own world, I mean, what are some of the ways once we acknowledge and understand maybe that we're powerless and, and I guess it, it doesn't have such a hold on us because we recognize what's happening by acknowledging that? What are, what are some of the ways we start to engage differently or ways we can be more intentional with how we're thinking about our attachment to our phones? Yeah, there's been a lot of great work coming out about this recently. Um, 
whether it's Crouch or other folks talking about kind of their daily liturgy in a sense or their rule of life. I think personally for me, um, some of the steps I've taken, I used to check email first thing in the morning when I woke up for years. It was something that I only started doing because of the smartphone. But in the last year, I actually have made a decision not to do that as a kind of an acknowledgement that you know, of my powerless in general over this device, um, that the first thing I'm going to do is, is not really use it to check email. I'm going to listen to scripture, uh, which is interestingly a redemptive kind of use of the smartphone because um, I'm listening to it on there. But even I'm going to take it a step further after that. And what I do is I then leave my smartphone in, in a different room and I walk out and I go be with my family or, or I go outside in nature um, as just a further step um, to kind of get away from the gravity of it as a way of just uh, starting the day and starting uh, a liturgy of the day in a sense of acknowledging, you know, life beyond the smartphone. Right. And, and I mean, we're all living some liturgy and it, I think we hear that word sometimes and think that it only has to do with spirituality in some way. But if you think about it, whatever our habits are throughout the day, I mean, if you put a calendar out from 5 a.m. till midnight and you just wrote down what your typical day looks like, you're kind of looking at a liturgy. And and you're right. When you wake up and you're on your phone all day or at night, it's the last thing that we're doing. That's kind of where our time and attention are going. And, and you're just saying, look, you need to be just as intentional about how you're going to get away from that phone and make sure you're reconnecting with things that help you be more human. And I think it's such a timely message for the moment we're in. And and I know the work that you've done, and, and this is why I've appreciated your perspective, because you've done this detailed work. Like you understand the tech side, you understand the behavioral analysis side. You've been understanding it, but trying to figure out how are we going to use that for good, right? How are we going to turn this in our favor? How are we going to make sure all the hours people are spending on their phones could be used in some redemptive way? And you created a, an entire company called Our Tribe that I'm excited for you to describe a little bit more about how you've tried to turn this and say, look, I want to, I want to kind of confront something I see wrong in culture by creating something, not just criticizing it, but literally creating something people can start to utilize and interact with to help them. Tell us a little bit about what you created and where that idea came from. Yeah. You know, and you know, somebody could listen to this, like you're saying, and think, Oh, it's, I'm a complete technology pessimist. Um, but really, it comes out of uh, a great appreciation in, in, in founding this company, Our Tribe. It, it started really as both a personal and professional idea where my co-founder, Josh, and I, we were in a counseling center together. Uh, we were accountability partners. We were buddies. But we were also helping people around our age and younger. And we did see that there's a real uh, missing piece that the smartphone could play in terms of empowering uh, the kind of connection and relationship we had with one another and and with our clients and between our clients um, when we're not with each other physically, which is, you know, for every hour that you might be with somebody offline, you'll spend 42 times more online. And so, you know, we really thought about how do we redeem the smartphone uh, for good? How do we, instead of uh, being kind of manipulated by AI that wants to shop or, or click or do these sorts of sorts of things. How do we make our community, uh, our AI in a sense, reaching out to us, us reaching out to them. Um, and not in a social media sort of way either, where we're kind of prone to be, yeah, wanting to, wanting to share our best moments, but instead, um, creating a platform of small group orientedness where 
you're actually it, it really invites you to share your your biggest struggles as well as your your biggest moments of triumph yeah. with one another. So so that's where it really kind of was born out of. I love it. And I and I think the way it's working as I've talked to people who've used it, it's just amazing because they're comfortable there. They're comfortable kind of acknowledging some things in the digital environment that maybe are a little harder to acknowledge when you're face to face with somebody. So you're, you're walking that really thin edge of leveraging some of that, I think, to help people be more honest, transparent, open. But as you've done this work, talk a little bit about what are the temptations you find because we have digital technology in our hand, what seems to be the thing that's grabbing leaders attention or or you know is it more men or women that tend to have challenges with digital devices what are some of the the actual addictions that you guys are dealing with because you do come from this background where you not only understand tech but psychology and you're looking at human behavior what is it that you're seeing yeah you know it's it's somewhat stereotypical but uh, some of the lines are being blurred uh in terms of how people are getting sucked in in, in different ways but Largely with men, um, we know that pornography use has is, is become pretty much a regular thing for most men in the world who have a smartphone. And it doesn't matter what faith they have or, or their background. And again, that's also, uh, you know, smartphone, the anonymity, the accessibility, the affordability, all of those things create that gravity again in that direction. For women, we know that, you know, that uh, kind of the self-esteem and um, mental health issues around body image um, have skyrocketed uh, because of social media use. And so I heard one one uh, lady talking at a, a conference and uh, she said, you know, men are generally drawn to private parts uh, and women are generally drawn to private lives. So we kind of see that playing out. But of course, like I said, we we're seeing kind of a, a crossover in both of those ways. And so it's not uh, exactly clear cut, but yeah, yeah, that's generally what we're observing. Okay. So explain for people who visually don't have the app on their phone, our tribe and what you created, explain mm-hmm. really concretely, like, how does this work? How do people engage it? What types of situations should people, you know, find themselves in that would really benefit from being a part of the, our tribe movement? Yeah. So the, our tribe is, is all based on connection, right? Connection to self, connection to peers, connection to a guide, connection to content, connection to, um, uh, inspiration. And so what does that practically look like is every day that the app invites you to check in. And what that means is a check-in. It's not like a Yelp check-in or a Facebook check-in. It's it's a really a moment of meditation uh, where you're asked to you know, say, hey, did I have a victory today or a setback? And that could be based on something that you're tracking. It could be just how you feel. You're asked to reflect on your emotions. You're asked to reflect on your healthy habits. Um, And all of that shows up in a feed for, again, these few people that you've invited uh, to be part of your journey. And and they are doing the same, doing their own tracking. You could be in messaging groups. You can also be, you know, do individual player mode, too, if you want. Um, And and really, a lot of folks uh, who are individual players might just be using the app to engage with a coach. Um, we've wanted to make getting a coach and getting access to professional help about as easy as getting an Uber or, or a Lyft where, you know, just with a few questions, you're matched to somebody uh, who will be a good fit for you. And um, and we try to make it extremely affordable as well. So it's 
it's part of, again, that redemptive edge that we're trying to bring into technology where a lot of people can't afford professional help and we want to do everything we can to make that possible. Well, this is where, to me, this is incredible for the moment we're in with mental health conversations, just being constant with people looking for ways to help their anxiety, trying to find relief, trying to have somebody to talk to about the issues they're faced with. This is what I've loved. I mean, you guys have curated an incredible group of counselors that are available to get into those conversations right from someone's smartphone. So you talk about turning it for good. Like somebody goes from maybe watching porn one minute to going, I've got an addiction. I need help. They can go into our tribe, find a counselor, actually start dealing with that immediately and come into a relationship with them that they can have access to that counselor weekly, right? Monthly. I mean, you you have like a bunch of different ways this can happen at different pricing levels, but you're trying to make counseling as I see it, coaching, counseling, super accessible for the average person who otherwise doesn't know where to start, where to get a referral, how to look it up, how to figure it out, who to trust. And it seems like you guys have done a lot of the hard work to make that more accessible. And that's why it's taken off. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, about 70% of the people who are signing up for coaching and counseling, it's their first go at it. Um, so, wow. yeah, you're right. People don't know, you know, they're afraid to walk into a room, show up at a place. But if you, again, put it right there where they can access it, they're much more likely to get the help they need. Yeah. And I know there's another aspect to kind of what you created that organizations are now starting to use the technology because our tribe's using it to build these communities and relationships. But you have another way that people can use it. Maybe leaders are listening here and they're like, man, that's interesting ways to connect with people kind of face-to-face using this technology. Talk a little bit more about how that works. Our tribe is a a platform of its own, but we've found a lot of interest in people licensing the platform. Uh, You know, Better Man is a a movement, a men's movement. They, you know, want to reach a million men in a few years and they're basically taken kind of the platform and put their own skin on it, um, which is great. And they can put their own content and and all that. Um, but we also then, we also partner with corrections, you know, where people use the R-Tribe platform uh, with their own counselors and their own, obviously, clients. And the clients in this case are inmates um, or parolees. Um, and so they get to use the platform in their own way as well. And so, uh, you know, a lot of people just see it kind of in the app store and that'll be most of what people understand about R-Tribe. But, you know, if you are a leader uh, with, counselors or needing a, uh, an app like our tribe, then we're definitely open to exploring those types of partnerships. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I love the way that's going forward and the way it's happening. And I think to the point of listeners here, you might think about this as something that someone out there might need, but I just want to say to each of you, if you're facing something right now, if you're in a struggle, if you have a private sin happening in your life, an addiction that you just don't know, how to engage this, this platform is incredible for that. I mean, talk a little bit about, Alex, your heart for just leaders, leaders who might be listening like us, who you can feel kind of stuck when you're leading an organization or a church. We've seen a lot of, you know, conversation in the last several weeks about pastors who are dealing with mental health issues and don't know where to go for it because they'll be looked at wrongly. And I just feel like part of what you've created here is a way to give them an out and a way to go talk to somebody without them having to deal with like all these other extra questions that start to arise when you start to acknowledge that there's weakness. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's Ty felt. I'm sure, you know, that feeling uh, when you're 
kind of a leader, especially in a Christian environment, that it's hard to find a place to be fully authentic because you're literally your job is on the line. And we've seen people who've come out and shared a struggle and, and they are kicked out and, um, and, you know, it creates even more chaos in their life. And so, um, you know, this really is, you know, kind of, I wish I had this when I was in ministry and I was struggling with pornography. Um, you know, I, I did share with people. Um, but at that time too, like people didn't understand the, the difference between a spiritual formation issue versus like a disease, like an addiction and that, you know, you, you need to approach them differently. And so, that's um, another way that I think leaders can stay stuck is, you know, that maybe they're pursuing all the spiritual remedies, but they really need to find a, a professional help in a confidential way where um, they can feel absolutely safe, safe sharing anything and everything that they need to share. Yeah, that's so great. Well, Alex, thank you for creating culture. We talk about these ideas a lot at Q. I remember two years ago, you presenting this big idea in five minutes when you're right at the beginning of this idea and to see it go forward, to see what you've created, to see how many thousands of people are now engaging it, using it, how much good it's doing in the world. Just congratulations on that. I know there's some days it's hard. You're still working on business models. You're figuring it out, but man, you've done the hard work of like bringing something new into the world that changes the conversation. And so thank you for inspiring so many others who are listening as they keep pursuing their dream to make a difference in the world. Yeah. Thank you, Gabe, for uh, having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Alex. And just what they've created is phenomenal. In fact, we worked out with them the ability for you to actually utilize this platform. If you're listening to this and you're going, I could use some help like that. I could use picking up my phone and having a 30-minute conversation for free with a licensed professional who can help you achieve freedom and growth. All you need to do is text the word tribe, T-R-I-B-E, and the word on. So tribe on to 555-888. And when you text that, they're going to get a system going with you, get you in front of a licensed professional where you can spend 30 minutes for free. I would encourage all of you to take advantage of this. If you could use some coaching, if you could use some input, advice, counsel on things that you're going through in a very private space. Take advantage of this. Thanks, Gabe. Well, that's Q Ideas for this week. So on behalf of Gabe and the team at Q, I'm Paul Perot. We do appreciate you spending time with us this weekend. We'll see you next week. This show is made possible in partnership with Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Thank you for listening to the Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make your gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or on your podcast player. And thank you for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons.